Hello, 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 and welcome to In Flight, Threshold's best and only podcast. I'm your host, Sol Vashes, and boy, oh boy, am I excited for a day off on Thanksgiving. Things have been nonstop. Not only have we had a lot of articles to cover this week on Threshold, but the podcast also takes up quite a bit of my time, because in a lot of ways I am a one-man team. I do edit everything together. So that has been a ridiculous amount of work, and also personal work with school has been ridiculous. Uh, Hopefully, I actually do get a break on Thanksgiving and I'm able to spend some time with family, but we can only hope, because you never know until the day comes. Besides that, this week has actually been pretty great. I had a birthday party on Saturday to go to, a birthday celebration, and we had sushi. I had a bunch of edamame and uh, gyoza dumplings, and also some spring rolls. And and the edamame was so good. I'm not going to talk about food for five minutes straight, but hear me out here. You know how when you go to restaurants, you have some restaurants where the edamame it's very good, but it's it's the salt is like kind of spotty. Where one edamame you'll get it perfectly, one will be a little bit too much, and then the other one will be too little. No, this this sushi place had it done perfectly, and I could not stop eating it. One of my friends said at, at the end of dinner, they they looked at my plate and they remarked at how I had eaten double what everybody else had. It, it's Ah, it was just so delicious. And then I also got into chai lattes this week. Uh, I'm not normally somebody who drinks caffeinated beverages, except in the form of tea, because tea is fantastic. You also drink tea. But chai lattes, I I found a really good place. It's called The Hungry Ghost. And they put cinnamon on their chai lattes. And it is fantastic. If any of you guys are looking to go into, like, a kind of tea coffee mishmash i highly recommend chai lattes i i took it from a recommendation um from a friend as well um this week we do not have an interview scheduled we're not always going to have interviews because sometimes we're not able to secure um people so so on those times we're we'll, i'll try to have a more extended editorial uh, but not every single episode is going to have one because There's only so many people that we can get in such a short amount of time. But this week, we're going to have an editorial where we speak a little bit about Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 and the news that that has generated this week on top of um, what it means for developers in the future. On top of that, of course, we have our news, but a little bit of a change this week. Sam is busy, so we have Keizo joining us uh, this week, and we're going to hop right into that now. Hey, Keizo, tell us about the news. Alrighty, kicking off this week's news was Carinado with the release of their Cessna C206H stationaire. The C206 is the latest Cessna to join the Carinado family following the release of the Cessna 182 Skyline G1000 in October. Features of the Cessna C206 stationaire include interior and exterior PBR textures, FMOD sounds, Reality XP GTN 750 support, and more. The C206 is available for $34.95 US dollars. On Karenota's website, more in the news article. Next up, Leading Edge Simulations is back with the release of the Beechcraft C23 Sundown version 2. The original C23 was released back in 2009 during the X-Plane 9 days, and Leading Edge Simulations has completely rebuilt the aircraft for modern standards. Features include an accurate flight model for X-Plane 11.4+, 
high quality modeling and PBR implementation, accurate simu system simulation, F-mod sounds, and more. The C23 Sundowner by Leading Edge is available in X Aviation for $29.95 US. First up in the scenery department, Aviotech Simulation Studios have uh, revealed their final preview of their upcoming Treviso International Airport in Italy. Treviso is part of Aviotech's new scenery developing process, to, uh, which they have dubbed two-month scenery creations, which despite the small time frame, appear to maintain quality according to the feature list provided by the developer. Features of Treviso include a full replica of the airport according to blueprints, PPR glass and effects, hand-placed vegetation, and more. We'll make sure to let you know when Treviso Airport releases. Also in scenery news, Just Asia released Bandaranaike International Airport, Sri Lanka. The main airport in Sri Lanka features a highly detailed representation of the airport with over 400 hand-placed custom objects, PBR technology on all ground markings of pavement, fully custom HDR lighting, and more. The airport is available via uh, the xplane.org store for $22.99 US dollars rather than previous releases via Sim Market. Full description is available in the article. On a worldwide scale, Short Final Design has updated their SFD Global product to version 1.1. Highlights of this update are completely reworked forest, featuring better colors, density, and region-specific vegetation, as well as the addition of inner-city buildings in the Mediterranean region. SFD Global version 1.1 is available on the xplane.org store for $30 US, and Short Final Design has also recently updated the Salt Lake City Airport scenery in Utah, Full details available in the article. Following that, Laminar Research unveiled that their next live Q&A session via YouTube will be on Tuesday, November the 19th. If February's Q&A is anything to go by, expect some fireworks. Last time, the team entered in a fleet of Teslas with Meyer, with Austin Meyer pictured flailing his arms wildly, evidently overcome by the excitement of the forthcoming community engagement opportunity. The live stream will be on the Laminar Research page, and we will have a full summary of the live stream available soon after. In community news, Medar Simulations have issued their quarter four update and shown previews of Project Fly version four. Founder and CEO Matt Davies begins with a short recap on the events of the last few months, which included an investor parting ways with Medar Sim, leading on the community to need to come together to keep the lights on at Project Fly. Fortunately, that happened, and Davies now says that Project Fly version 4 is on track for a release before mid-December. Davies also says that other MedArch Sim projects, such as PTA, SimStall, and an A380, are still in active development despite a lack of news recently. Read more in the article or the full post on the MedArch Simulations website. We got another aircraft release this week, with the Flying Iron Simulations G uh, Grob G109B hitting the virtual shelves. The G109B is a break away from Flying Iron's usual lineup of military aircraft, being a motorized glider capable of carrying two people. The glider was initially announced in September, with multiple development updates along the way to release. The aircraft is available for uh, $34.95 USD on both the Flying Iron Simulations website and the Threshold Store. More in general aviation news, the Airfoil Lab Cessna 172 has been updated to version 1.7. The free update available via the AFL Product Manager introduces brand new aerofoils for the X-Plane 1140 experimental flight model, with major improvements to stalls and spins in particular. Other fixes cover camera views, joystick mappings, general optimizations, and more. Make sure to read the full article for more. Over in the Alps in Europe, Frank Denise and Fabio Bellini's Mont Blanc scenery 
set to release on the 22nd of November. Scenery covers the French-Italian Alps and the iconic scenery of Chamonix and the 7th largest mountain in Europe, Mont Blanc. Initially covered back in June, the developers say Mont Blanc is their hardest project yet, with the estimated building count coming in at over 10,000. Main features include 900 square kilometers on the Italian side, and nine groups of mountains, reconstructed, placed on meshes, and more. We'll make sure to let you know when Mont Blanc releases. Continuing with the scenery releases this week, Fly Design has released Dansk Airport in Poland. The third busiest airport in Poland, Dansk served 5 million passengers in 2018. Dansk is Fly Design's fourth airport, and features include 4K buildings, SAM jetways, and docking integration, high-resolution ground textures, and more. Dansk is available for 1890 euros via SIM market. Moving to the west coast of the United States, Orbix have released True Earth US Northern California, covering a massive 212,000 square kilometers of hand-corrected ortho imagery with nearly 1,000 custom PBR points of interest. Orbix True Earth Northern California will truly change the landscape. True Earth Northern California was initially shown back at RAF Cosford in October and is, according to Orbix, their most ambitious product to date. The product is available in both HD and standard versions, the main difference lying in the resolution of the ground textures. The main features include the color-corrected ortho imagery, hand-placed tree autogen, all major cities are accurately modeled, and more. True Earth Northern California is currently available through Orbix Direct for $40.15 USD for the standard edition, or for $47.64 USD for the HD version. More info available in the article. Going back east now with Vertical Sim Studios debuting Myrtle Beach Airport in South Carolina. Myrtle Beach Airport is the second busiest airport in South Carolina, only behind Charleston by passenger numbers. The city is known for its warm climate and large beaches. Vertical Sim Studios says the airport will be covered in PBR, features SAM jetways, as well as 4K resolution ortho imagery, and more. Learn more via the article or via the Vertical Sim Studios Facebook page. Making our way over to Canada now, with development group Pilots announcing a de Havilland Dash 7 for X-Plane, Prepared, and Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. The Dash 7 is an STOL, or short takeoff and landing aircraft, which first flew in March of 1975. Pilots told FS Elite that their Dash 7 for X-Plane is on track for release in quarter 2 of 2020, noting that a partner developer will convert their, air, uh, their aircraft over to X-Plane. And to close out this week's news, the Zebo 737-800X has been updated to version 3.38. The update has many new features, including rapid or slow cabin depressurization, two variants for the Chrono, alternate and nearest destination pages in the FMC, and more. Other changes include numerous bug fixes around the aircraft. You can pick up version 3.38 through Zebo's Google Drive as usual, and make sure to say thanks or donate to Zebo for his hard work. And that's our news coverage of the past week. Thanks, Keizo. So, this week we're going to talk a little bit about Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. If you're not in the loop, they released another trailer this week, which looks beautiful. It I, Every single time I see footage from that simulator or just pictures, I cannot get over how amazing it looks and how excited I am for it. I've never seen anything like it. It looks better than any video game I've ever seen. It truly looks spectacular. And I have no idea how they've done something that amazing and, you know, why they've waited so long. Uh, 
but I'm really, really, really excited to get my hands on it. So in the trailer, it looks as if there's going to be a handful of default aircraft. Two of the major ones are the A320neo uh, and the Boeing 748. Um, they look beautiful. We'll have to see how they are modeled, whether uh, Microsoft has literally gifted us um, an amazing uh, default aircraft and, and gone into it and tried to make it study level or whether it's similar to default aircraft in P3D and X-Plane 11 where they're okay and but and they don't sound great or anything, but they'll do if you want to do a flight. Like how the, the Zebo is a development on the 737, how it's like a skeleton for something that somebody else could later do. That'd be actually really interesting if we get like a Zebo part two for um, Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. Anyway, um, the trailer looks fantastic. I'm really excited to see how it works. I'm getting the sense that um, all that cloud stuff that they've been touting in terms of the weather and also the scenery is going to be actually a really big part of the simulator, like how Google Stadia is completely cloud-based and how you're able to use it anywhere because of the CPU and GPU stuff is all online. I think that that's the route that they're going down uh, because it doesn't really seem feasible that something that looks that beautiful can be run on any modern PC unless you pay at least $10,000 for your computer, which, let's face it, the average consumer doesn't do. Um, and it also seems a little bit more like that is the direction that's going that has been taken because it's being released for Xbox as well. And uh, Xbox's consoles are usually the standard for how things are supposed to look. Um, programs are usually designed for them. Like Red Dead Redemption was designed for the PlayStation um, so it looked really, really good then, and that means that it should look about as good for PC by default. Um, so we'll see what happens. I'm really excited. Um, but also, some other news came out today um, in conjunction with the Microsoft news, and that came from Airworthy Designs. And Airworthy Designs is a pretty popular scenery developer for uh, X-Plane 11. Their most notable is St. Martin and St. Barth's um, for X-Plane 11. Two very, very beautiful airports in real life, and also the scenery is very, very pretty. Uh, they came out with a very, very long Facebook post that was basically explaining why they had been absent for so long, but also there was a little additional nugget uh, which touched on the future for Airworthy Designs. Let me read it to you. This is coming from ThresholdX.net. The developer continued, due to Microsoft Flight Simulator being announced recently, we will be moving production entirely to this new platform. The new simulator from Microsoft seems to be the next big thing, and starting a year-long development cycle for X-Plane just does not make sense. So that's the first part of it. Um, Airworthy Designs has officially announced that they are moving to Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 um, to develop their scenery. And I think that that's a really interesting step. And... Uh, it begs the question, is this something that's going to repeat? Uh, to which I think that the answer is yes. I, I think that PMDG uh, prefacing the fact that users who buy the NGXU will get a, uh, a free upgrade uh, to the Microsoft Flight Simulator version of the NGXU is an indicator that developers are very, very much thinking about 
Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020, which makes complete sense. It's what's on all of our minds, every single platform, no matter whether you run PC or Mac. It's there. It's beautiful. It, it's the talk of the town, basically. And I completely agree with the statement that it seems to be the next big thing. Maybe this means that Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 is going to get a monopoly over the flight simulation community because it's just that amazing. I mean, really, truly, it looks like it's combining the best of X-Plane 11 and the best of P3D, which is, I've always thought that P3D looks better model-wise, whereas X-Plane 11 has always looked better scenery-wise and and lighting-wise and such. We're going to see this more and more in the coming months. It does make sense what they said, which is that it doesn't sound feasible to begin a year-long development cycle for X-Plane if Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 is going to be the big thing. I think that developers are going to continue to put their trust in Microsoft Flight Simulator, and we're going to see a lot more of this. Um, How do I feel about that? I do still think that P3D and X-Plane 11 have their places and that they shouldn't be completely ignored. Microsoft Flight Simulator may be amazing and may take over the majority of the market, but X-Plane 11 and P3D have been around a lot longer and have got these really, really loyal fan fan bases. Another thing that was said right after in the article was, that being said, with what Microsoft has shown us, it doesn't seem that there will be room for third-party Siri products. Of course, we will take a look at the state of things and make an assessment on what projects to pursue. Now, I think that that's very interesting. The fact that Airworthy Designs feels like there may be a possibility that third-party Siri software doesn't even need to exist anymore. Um, is Microsoft completely destroying a market for their product? Maybe. Uh, I think that it sounds very, very plausible from, as they said, from everything that Microsoft has shown us that 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 market is completely destroyed and it's mostly just third-party aircraft. So maybe Microsoft is trying to go down that direction. Of course, until we have it in our hands and we're able to see how good those first-party aircraft actually are, we won't be able to know. But what if that is what Microsoft is doing? What if they are going down that route where they're trying to do everything themselves and take the third-party developers out of the equation? That's a very scary thought, but it could be possible with how big a company Microsoft is, considering the fact that they have the money and the resources to do something like that. We'll have to see. Um, but completely eliminating a a party um, uh particularly scenery developers, is definitely very, very big and is is going to shift developers in a very new way that we haven't seen before. I I know that developing for X-Plane 11 as opposed to X-Plane 10 was a little bit of a learning curve in terms of aircraft development, but that didn't stop it from happening. Um, so I'm really, really excited to be talking about Microsoft Flight Simulator when it comes out to to see how everything has changed uh, and and see you know what the community the the community as a whole the flight simulation community becomes after its release I think it's going to be really really interesting um, especially considering the fact that it seems like p3d and x-plane 11 haven't really done anything to combat this they haven't spoken about any new and amazing features or shown us, anything amazing or even addressed the release of Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. So 
are they actually are what's going to happen to p3d and x-plane 11 are they going to completely phase out are we going to hear about new things that we've never seen before like let's say that x-plane 11 has this amazing new visual enhancement that we've never seen before who knows but i'm definitely intrigued and i think you should be too and i'm really excited to get it in my hands so that we can talk about it a little bit more that's all for this week next week as i said we have sasso and goran if you have any feedback as always you can submit to the forum forums.thresholdx.net the link will be in description or you can email us at editorial at thresholdx.net. That's E-D-I-T-O-R-I-A-L at thresholdx.net. Or you can leave a comment. I will be happy to answer any comments or look at any comments to work on uh, bettering the podcast, as I always say. Have a great week. Until next week, this is Soul Out.